Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology show. At Frequency Cast, it's our mission to keep you up to date with today's tech, answer your questions, and keep you entertained along the way. Our shows are driven by your feedback. You decide what we talk about, and we'll do the rest. Here's what we'll be looking at in today's show. Show 83. We look back at the last 12 months of tech. Cookies, raspberries and Scion organisers. A peek at what's in store for 2013. We answer your Powerline adapter questions. Plus your comments and feedback in interaction. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast, now loading, news. Starting off with an update on the Instagram story. Last month, the photo sharing service announced changes to its terms and conditions, meaning that they could sell the rights to use your photos to make them money. Well, after a massive backlash from users, Instagram has reversed the decision. Since the fiasco, according to app data, there's been a 25% drop in Instagram usage. Ouch. Some FreeSat news now. Users expecting 4OD and Demand 5 to appear on their Humax boxes by Christmas have been disappointed. According to a statement from FreeSat, the work is taking longer than expected, and the services should now be appearing early this year. Staying with TV, according to Ofcom, the UK is leading the world in digital TV tech. 41% of us have an HD TV, 44% of us use satellite TV, 39% of us have a digital recorder, and 15% of us have an internet-connected TV. Well done, everyone. Another report out last month shows that 10% of the UK is planning to downgrade their digital TV subscription, presumably to save some cash with 16% looking to move over to the UView service. Sticking with UView, a free smartphone app has just been released, supporting the electronic program guide and letting you set your box to record remotely while you're out and about. Next, Maps News. Keen to recover from the iOS Maps fiasco, it seems that Apple is in talks to add the check-in service Foursquare to the Maps app. This could add an interesting social networking element to Maps in a bid to outdo Google Maps. Next, good news for TalkTalk, sort of. Ofcom reports for the first time in quite a long while, TalkTalk is not the most complained about internet provider. In the most recent stats, that honour goes to Orange, with TalkTalk in second place. Now some interesting smartphone news. With the Amazon phone planned for release in the coming months, the Telegraph has discovered that Amazon has filed an interesting patent, a smartphone airbag. Apparently, if the accelerometer and gyroscope detect danger, a safety device will be deployed to protect your portable tech. Although it's unlikely to appear for a while, we think that the phone airbag can also be used as a handy mobile flotation device. And finally, we'd like to wish a happy 20th birthday to this. We've had SMS text messages now for 20 years, and according to the newest network EE, here's what they were expecting to handle on New Year's Eve. 303 million calls, 226 terabytes of data, and 284 million text messages. Well, you can help add to this traffic by sending us a text message, including your suggestions for 2013. 
The Frequency Cast text message number is 07882 043521. Please get texting. Oh, gotta go. Thanks, Pete. For more news stories, go to frequencycast.co.uk forward slash news. Frequency Cast. Now loading. Focus. Well, Kelly, Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to you too. It's the first show of the new year and it's time for us to take a little look back at how the last 12 months have been. How have they been for you? Eventful, but fun. Yeah, we've been out and about doing all sorts of uh, little bits and bobs, haven't we? You've been on your one-wheeled bike and science fiction conventions, stuff you never thought you'd be doing a year ago. No, I would never, ever have put myself at a convention a year ago. You wait to find out what we've got in store for you this year. Oh dear, I'm starting to wish it had been the end of the world. Okay, so what we're going to do in this show is take a look at the last 12 months of tech and also look forward to what's going to happen in 2013. Are you ready? I'm ready. We're going to spin back to January and the first story of the year was um, Netflix, the uh, movie service. Do you use Netflix? No, I don't actually. Well, Netflix started up as the rival to Love Film. That started back in January and uh, was big news at the time. Also, Virgin announced it was doubling their broadband speeds at no extra charge, which wasn't bad. And Fetch TV went into administration. And also, we reviewed one of my favourite products, the Cookie Catcher. The Cookie Catcher? Go on then, Pete. Put me out of my misery. What is this thing? If you take it out of the packet, what you have is basically a small white cup-shaped net. You slide it into your freshly made cup of tea like this. I'm going to take a ginger nut and I'm going to dunk my biscuit in my cup of tea. What's happened now is my biscuit has deteriorated. I've now got a third of a biscuit in my hand and two thirds in the cup. Now comes a clever bit. I pull the bit of string that comes with a cookie catcher out and at the bottom of my little net are the remains of my biscuit. So I have saved my tea from a fate worse than biscuit crumbs. Hold on a minute. Don't give that to me. I'm not playing soggy biscuit with you. That is atrocious. <laughs> Who buys that? Come on, you must admit you've done it. Oh, of course I have. Of course I've done it. But then you have to fish it out or you just have to drink it with your tea and that's how you learn not to do it a second time. I'm sorry, but you need a cookie catcher. No, I'm not convinced. (laughs) Okay. Well, that takes us on to February where one of the biggest stories of the year broke for us, which is the news that about a million Freeview homes are going to be seriously affected come this year, 2013, when the 4G network starts up. No, that's really not very good at all. Why? Well, this is all about the 4G network transmitting on the same frequencies as used by Freeview before the switchover took place. So your TV will pick up signals from a new mobile phone network. But a million people needing £10 worth of filters? Not good. More on that later this year, no doubt. No, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there and I can guarantee I'll probably be one of the first ones affected. Later in February, this little beastie came out. The Raspberry Pi. Yes, £22 gives you a computer board that runs HDMI and wireless and all sorts of other things. 22 quid. I still haven't put mine to its full potential yet. That's on my to-do list this year to get the Raspberry Pi doing all sorts of clever amateur radio stuff. We also had uh, something called the Promise TV PVR. Rather than just recording one show at a time, it records all of the channels. Yeah, that's not bad, but so many TVs now have the internet built in. That's not really worthwhile anymore uh, what i would say is when this came out two thousand pounds for a recorder that does that oh that is a lot but now it's dropped to 995 pounds 
That is still a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. But there you go, the promised TV PVR we looked at a while ago. And of course, in February, we also had the news that there were going to be some changes to Channel 5's gadget show. Kelly, what happened there? Susie Perry actually left the show, um, as well as Otis Dealey and John Bentley. Yep, they moved on to Pastures New. And here's Susie Perry telling us what happened. I have to tell you, I've known I'm not doing the gadget show since two days before Christmas. So I've had a little bit of time to adjust to what was quite a shock. I mean, I haven't made any long-term decisions. Long-term decisions take a long time by definition of what they are. Um, If you're looking at a new show, it would generally take about 12 months from concept to getting it on screen. So I'm not looking at doing anything particularly regularly until probably the end of the year, beginning of next year. But I'm loving the chance to do lots of different things and lots of fun right now. Well, that takes us on to March, and the big story there was to do with hacking, but not phone hacking. Does that ring any bells? It does, actually. Rupert Murdoch again. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So BBC's Panorama broke the story that one of Rupert Murdoch's companies, NDS, had allegedly been doing some work to sabotage ITV Digital, uh, which is, of course, competitor to Sky at the time. That was a big story in March. And um, what else did we have in March? There was also the launch of the third-generation iPad. Mm. And of course, the fourth generation one came out a little bit later in the year. So we got a fair share of iPads in uh, 2012. We were also out and about. We were at the Ideal Home Show where we met Susie Perry and also on a boat. CQ, 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 2 Echo Zero, Romeo, Mike, India, Portal, transmitting from the LV18 in Harwich. Well, today, uh, demonstrating some radio products, some amateur radio systems. Well, the LV-18 was, in fact, the last ever Trinity House manned light vessel. She was decommissioned in 94. She was built in 58, so she's 54 years old now, and she's doing all right. She's one of the new ones, one of the last four to be built. Good fun playing out on the boats there. That takes us on to April, and, of course, the big news of April for TV was... The digital switchover. Mm, It hit London, and uh, nine million people uh, had to... uh, make sure they were off the old analogue TV service and switched over to digital. Also, it was 100 years since the sinking of the Titanic. And uh, at the time, we caught up with Tim Wander, who is a historian into all things radio, who explained how radio's future could have been scuppered. April the 14th, 1912, the Titanic struck an iceberg. The story is extremely well known. But 711 lives were saved solely because she carried radio. What is interesting is that Guglielmo Marconi was due to sail on the Titanic. He had to go to America for a legal case and he sailed two weeks earlier on board the Lusitania, surprisingly enough. But on the day the Titanic sailed, his wife and family still held tickets to go to the Titanic. It just turned out his son went down with a very high fever and they cancelled on the eve of the sale of Titanic. Now, something to think about is what the world would have been like if Marconi had gone down on Titanic. If he had gone down, would British Broadcasting have been born? Would the company have survived his loss? On such things as missing a boat, the world changes uh, and maybe our modern civilization hinges. OK, so that takes us on to May and the iPhone killer came out. It did indeed. The Samsung Galaxy S3, which is probably the best smartphone that isn't an iPhone out there, uh, appeared in May. And lots of people have found that a very, very good device. Didn't tempt you away from your BlackBerry, though, did it? No, it didn't. Nothing's going to do that. And also in May, I took my first drive in a silent smart car, courtesy of British Gas. We're currently stationary, and this is the impressive bit, is actually starting the engine, for want of a better word. Uh, Katie, could you fire it up for me? Complete silence, um, no engine noise in the cabin at all, inside or outside. Brilliant. Okay, let's go for a drive. 
Whoa, so we're off and running, and that is unusual. It feels a bit like when you start your car without the engine running and just uh, lose the handbrake. You're moving forward with absolutely no engine noise. Uh, Katie, how is it to drive? Very smooth, very responsive, so um, very small movements on the accelerator and brake, and, and really fun to drive as well. And we've got some nice tech here. I can see uh, to the right of your dash there's a... Uh, a display that uh, says 86 miles and that presumably is 86 miles left before I need to charge. Yes it is so um, very much like your fuel um, indicator plenty of life left to go and it's very clear as to sort of when it's getting to that point as well and when I need to go back and charge. There's also a very nice display that looks like a oh little, little jump there the brakes are a little bit nippy on this aren't they they're a little bit on the sharp side yeah, I have to say. Terrible. In any electric car I've driven um, they've been very similar so very very small movements on the brake but once you've got the hang of it, then it's, you know, it comes very naturally. Great fun driving around in the Nissan Leaf electric car. And that takes us on to June, where the hot news was that BT had outbid ESPN for the rights to show a decent percentage of the Premier League football that's coming up in this autumn. Also in our June show, we took a look at this. We certainly did. Um, this is the My Torch USB programmable torch. And of course, everyone must have a torch that is USB programmable. Where would you be without a USB programmable torch? Of course, I have one in my handbag all the time. Of course, as do I. And it suits you. OK, that takes us on to July. Before I move on to that, I'm going to do some show and tell. Uh, hold your hands out, please. I'm going to get this out of the bubble wrap. OK, and just slide it out of this little case there. How? Oh, oh, hello. This looks very old. This is the Scion Organizer, which you're not that familiar with, clearly. This is actually my prized possession, the Scion Organizer 1. And this was pretty much the start of all handheld computers and smartphones. Well, congratulations for having one. Thank you very much. Now, these came out way back in 1984 with a massive two kilobytes of RAM. Wow. And they used to use these things, so uh, hold that hand out there. So in that hand, you've got a 16K data pack from Scion. That is actually quite ridiculous. <laughs> and these memory packs, you couldn't erase them like you can an SD card. What you had to do was do this. Pop them out of their case and slide that under a special ultraviolet scanner to format them. What an effort. In their day, they were the greatest thing. It was the Hitchhiker's Guide equivalent of an electronic book. It paved the way for this little chap, though, that was one of my other favourite possessions. Uh, back in the early 90s for me, this one. So what you're looking at here is a Scion Series 3 with a bunch of apps. System, data, you've got Word, you've got your agenda, time, world, calculator, sheet and Jotter. So the reason we're talking about these Scion organisers is they were pretty much at the cutting edge of handheld computing. They were a British company and in July last year Motorola bought Scion. So that was the end of a bit of an era for, uh, for computing in the UK. Well now that is sad. Also in July we looked at the British Gas Smart Home Heating System which has been very handy for taking remote control of the heating at home in December and here's a reminder of how that works. Well, basically, we are replacing the old hardwired thermostat with a wireless one that will connect to the internet hub. After getting the new boiler connection sorted, my rather dated thermostat was removed and replaced by a shiny new digital thermostat. It's all set up, basically fitted the thermostat in the same position as the old one. That's all ready to go. Will be an easy install for you? It was. It was very easy. And, of course, Kelly, in July, we were also out and about at your favourite place of the year. Where was that? 
by far. We were actually out at the London Film and Comic Con. Well, there's a lot of people here dressed up as, I think, superheroes. I don't really know who they are. I've seen a lot of people with very crazy hair. We're in what's called the signing hall at the moment. And just uh, paint a picture for me, Kelly. Well, at the moment, there's a lot of people here in a lot of queues with a lot of pictures waiting for quite a lot of autographs. Hi, this is Dave Prowse, Darth Vader from Star Wars, and you're listening to Frequency Cast. I'm not a huge sci-fi fan, you know, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Star Trek. I've met all the Star Trek people, you know, and I, and I got on very, very well with them all, like, you know, but I hate to admit to them that I've never, I've never actually seen an episode of it. I quite like the commitment they put in, you know, that could make me convert, and I love fancy dress. Mmm, so a mecca for all things geeky, looking at all the people in their weird outfits doing all their sci-fi things, the Doctor Who, the, the TARDIS, the canine, and of course the people from Firebox. Yeah, I'm just going to put this out there. I'm very, very, very upset that I still do not have my doll. And you're not buying anything from Firebox ever again, are you? No, I'm not. And I sound like a very spoiled child that did not get what they wanted for Christmas. <laughs> uh, so are we up for going to this year's sci-fi shows? I think so. I think we may have to dress up this time, though. Go as a double act. Sold. That takes us on to August, and we had the launch of the Humax U-View box. And it was only two years late. It was indeed, and still pretty expensive. And uh, something else happened of great excitement? Curiosity landed on Mars. We saw the start of what could potentially be the analogue radio switch-off. Some of the BBC local radio stations started turning off their AM transmitters. More to see if anyone noticed. And there hasn't been much of an outrage, so it could be that we're going to start losing more medium-wave stations. We also looked at a replacement for the old key lock, which was a special digital door lock from Yale. So this is it, and it installs on the side of your door here. And what you do, Tom, is you put your hand, just, just put your hand on there for me. So you're putting your hand on it, and a little keypad lights up. If I put in the wrong pin number, you get an error, so you can't get in. Palm on there to wake it up, and put the right pin in. There you go, and you heard the little mechanism unlock there, yep. and now... I think it looks uh, quite modern. It's quite stylish. I like the chrome. I think ease of use, it's a fantastic little uh, lock. I would use one. It lets you program in your own code, anything from four to 12 digits. Let's just shut the door. And it's also got this concept of a fake pin as well. So if you've got a guest coming to the house and they're looking over your shoulder, they can't get a feel for what your pin is. So you put in some dummy numbers before it, which is rather clever. They're using the same technology in their latch locks there, which most people have got on their doors already. So the security is still there. All, all you're doing is you're replacing the key side of it with a keypad. And I, I feel that they've covered everything. So in September, it was an exciting month for all Apple lovers as the iOS 6, iPhone 5 and iPad mini were all announced. And of course, the iOS 6 update excited lots of people by taking away Google Maps and replacing it with Apple Maps that doesn't do anywhere near as good a job. So a little bit of a backward step there for Apple. We also announced in our September show the end of UK Nova, which was a file sharing site, much loved by people looking to get old British TV shows. And we also got into trouble, didn't we, Kelly? We did. Yes, it was with this little device here. Just uh, remind us, please. Yes, well, you say we got in trouble. You actually got in trouble. It was the heart rate monitor. I got into trouble about that. I was apparently objectifying women by getting you to try the Garmin heart rate monitor. It takes us on to October, where it was the end, the end of an era. What finished? It was the end of analog TV, CFAX and Video Plus. And do you miss them? No. <laughs> 
Fair enough. I tell you, though, I do actually miss CFAX for the simple reason that a lot of my elderly relatives ring me in panics if I'm on a flight because they can no longer check. We also had the launch of something that your elderly relatives won't understand either, 4G. EE has launched that, the merger of T-Mobile and Orange, and that's available in 11 cities if you've got a lot of money to spend. Yeah, you're not on uh, 4G yet, I'm guessing? No, absolutely not. Do you reckon BlackBerry will ever catch up to be able to be on 4G? Mm, not at the moment. They're having a bad time. Their results came out a couple of weeks ago and uh, all is not well in the BlackBerry camp, by the sounds of it. Are you tempted to upgrade yet? We'll see. Give me a little while. Yeah, you're hedging, aren't you? Yeah. Now? You're hedging your bets I there. am hedging my bets. Also in the October show, we trekked boldly to London's XL for a convention. So my name is Masha and I'm from Croatia. My name is Tedea and I'm also from Croatia. Well, and you've travelled here just for the uh, Star Trek exhibition today? Oh, well, actually, yes. We're staying here for a few more days in London, but primarily we are here for this Star Trek convention, yeah. Excellent. And who are you looking to meet today? Anyone in particular? William Shatner. He's so sexy. Uh, I'm from Forbidden Planet. We've got a store in central London, you may know, and uh, several up and down the country. Dressing up has just become an enormously fashionable thing to do over, the, I don't know, about the last five years. And don't dream it, be it, as they said in Rocky Horror, you know. I was lucky enough to catch up with Ronald D. Moore, who's a very well-known screenwriter and producer for The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine and Voyager. There were just times when I found myself writing dialogue between, you know, Geordi and Picard about some engineering problem. And it was mostly about the rhythm of the conversation. And I would, you know, you would just write tech in the script for tech. And then the science consultant would tell you what to put in for that place. Captain, the tech is teching. And if we don't stop the tech within 15 minutes, the, the warp engines will tech. Well, Mr. LaForge, call in auxiliary power and transfer the tech to the tech nacelles. No, Captain, that won't work. Wait, I have a theory, says Data. If we tech the tech in just the next five seconds, we might have a chance to finally tech our tech. You know, and you're just like, oh, my God, how do I get out of this scene? And that takes us on to November, when BT announced they were going to be launching an extra 11 channels to their BT Vision and UView service. And also Sky brought out a revamped iOS app that lets you take control of your Sky Plus box. And we were also at the Gadget Show Live. Taking us to December, where we have to say our favourite gadget of the year. Bubble Scope. Now, we did like that, didn't we? That's the three 360 degree camera. We do. We love this very much. And anything else happened in December that was uh, terribly poignant? It was the end of the world. Yeah, what are we still doing here? I don't know. We haven't left the bunker, though. Do you think they're still out there? I don't know. Should we venture? So if you did miss the end of the world in December, don't worry, it'll be repeated in a couple of weeks' time. Stay tuned. Thank you very much. So what about the next 12 months? Well, we've got the 10-inch Nokia Windows tablet coming up. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, tablet device is very much the flavour of the day. 4G and Freeview disruption. Yep, as we covered earlier, people are going to lose their telly this year. Well, this should be one for me. The BlackBerry 10 OS is being launched in January. Yep, an upgrade to the uh, BlackBerry operating system. My top tips for this coming year, we're bound to see two new Apple products, the iPhone 6 with hopefully maps that work and 4G that works and probably an iPad 5. I would be prepared to lay money on that one. Yeah, I'd agree with you. And also, though, Amazon Phone is being launched in the summer. Actually, I quite like the idea of an Amazon-powered phone. That would be quite an interesting one. I do. I'm quite excited about this, actually. We're also likely to see a dozen or so local TV stations join the uh, UK TV lineup, which will be rather interesting. 
That will be very exciting. There will also be a £60 Google Nexus tablet available by March 2013. So the rumour has it. In the US, they're going to be $99. So we're hoping that that will convert to about £60 or £70 in the UK. I think that would tempt me. Well, I do have my iPad. It's not particularly necessary, but it makes it more affordable for a lot of people. So I think laptops may be going soon. And I guess my other prediction for the year is we're going to see a lot more from smart TVs and especially the integration with social media. So the idea that you're watching a telly programme and it will start tweeting ratings and what you're watching and sharing what you're actually watching. So would you agree that uh, social media and TV might well link together this year? I think it's looking quite likely. It'll be quite interesting to see, actually, if programmes get recommissioned based on how well they actually do on social media from now on. Good point. I actually wonder if that might make a difference, yeah. And there is, of course, the uh, 4-7 channel on Freeview where people do select their most favourite Channel 4 programme and get those repeated. So we might see TV planners making more use of social media to see what's hot and what's not. We're going to venture outside the bunker and see what's going on in the world and catch up in a year from now and see how right or wrong we were. What do you think? Sounds good to me. Well, for transcripts, for longer versions of some of the things we featured in today's show and links to all of the products and services that we've mentioned on this and previous shows, go to our show notes. It's the show notes section at www.frequencycast.co.uk Frequency Cast, now loading, interaction. Okay, the part of the show where you get to have your say. Got a question or a comment? Please get in touch. And a few of you have. Who's the first one from, Kelly? This is from Michael Scott. He says that we offer a great techie service, but when we give details of where to get further information, such as websites and names of suppliers, it's useless if the addresses are read out so fast as to be unintelligible. Mmm, slap on the wrist there. Yes, we may well be guilty of that. And a lot of the reason is, is historical there. We are of the opinion from our recent surveys that most people listen to us on the move. And reading out web addresses when you're actually on a train or on a bus or walking around doesn't do a lot of favours, especially as web addresses have got lots of dashes and hyphens and dots and and whatever. So we've sort of taken a conscious decision to give the web address fairly briefly, but not spell it out. And uh, we do something a bit more useful for those that are looking for information. We do actually have our show notes, which are mentioned in each show, as well as actually transcripts of the show, which will have all of the web addresses on. And the lovely lasses at Typing Angels do a stunning job of transcribing each of our episodes. So if you do miss something, you miss a web address or a product name, go to the show notes where you'll see all the links and also where you can get full access to a transcript of everything we've said. That's a worry. You might be right. Now, we've had three or four questions here about power line adapters. These are the things that send data around your home using the mains cabling as opposed to Wi-Fi. And uh, who's the uh, first question from there, Kelly? The first question is from Alistair. He says, will power line connection be effective where the internet connection is very poor anyway, e.g. less than one megabits per second? Okay, Alistair, the answer to that one is yes. The basic home plugs are rated for speeds up to 14 megabits per second, so we'll have no problem coping with speeds below that. This one is from Richard Hope. I am considering using a power line to get an internet signal to my bedroom upstairs from the router situated in my study downstairs. I then want to be able to have a Wi-Fi in my bedroom. I have thought of a Wi-Fi repeater, but as the walls in the house are very thick, how can I do this? Yeah, this is a tricky one. If you can't get Wi-Fi in all parts of the house, you can get a rather nifty unit that combines the two. So I'm looking at a uh, power line adapter with a built-in Wi-Fi range extender. So you plug one of these into your office and it will get the signal to your office 
using the home's mains wiring and then act as a wireless repeater to give you coverage in a particular room. Quite nice little systems, they do work rather well and uh, we found one here at Maplin for £35. That could be the answer to Richard's question. Tim asks, can I use two pairs of power line adapters on the same power circuit? These could be by the same manufacturer or not. Now this is a tricky one. Yes, you can use multiple power line adapters on the same main circuit. You should be aware though that there are different standards of power line adapters. There's Homeplug 1.0, Homeplug AV and DS2 Powerline. That's nice and easy to understand, isn't it? Oh yes, very easy. I'm so glad you said that all in one sentence. And of course they're not compatible. Additionally, there are different speeds. You can get speeds from 14 megabits per second up to 200 megabits per second. So you're best to stick to the same make the same chip type and where possible the same speed not easy and if that makes no sense then just give pete a call and he'll come and install it for you okay kelly and the last question for today's show goes to steve cheshire yes he's asked i have been struggling with setting up an av sender with bt vision i have seen comments that when the hdmi connection is in use the scart sockets are disabled is there a way around this that would let me watch in hd in the living room and still use a scart to send the av into the next room Yes, it's a tricky one, that one. Several people on the BT support forum have said that the SCART socket is now active when you're using the HDMI socket, as this was fixed in a software update a while ago. You may need to play around with the picture settings on the BT Vision box, though, to make sure you can definitely get the output on both SCART and HDMI. If it's still not working for you, you should check that you're running the latest version of software for your BT Vision box. There are a couple of other options if all else fails. Instead of using HDMI, you could use SCART to watch on your main TV. Or if you want the HDMI quality, cut SCART out completely and get an HDMI video sender with an HDMI splitter and get HDMI in both rooms. Kelly, you're looking very blank there. Oh dear, that was just too much for me. Okay, well, of course, if you did miss that, it's up on our show notes. Uh, and that's all for the feedback for this show. If you want to get in touch, there are several ways you can do it. You can call us on... 0208 4567 Or you can text us on... 07882-043-521 Or you can send us an email via the Contact Us button on our site. And also, please remember to vote for us in this year's podcast awards. The links are on our show notes. Until the next one, Kelly. Bye-bye. Frequency Cast. Shutdown in progress. Thanks for listening to today's Frequency Cast. For news updates and to get in touch with us, go to frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Frequency Cast. Our shows are driven by your feedback, so please get in touch and tell your friends. Frequency Cast.